Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, who is contractually obligated to be here after a big Giannis All-Star Game performance. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. Team LeBron, which Giannis was actually on this year, beats Team Durant 170 to 150. Uh, Jan, uh, Frank, I'll let you do the honors here, but I, I didn't actually expect that we were going to podcast tonight. But once Yana started playing well, I DM'd you and said, you really don't have a choice. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you you, you know, it's an all-star game. So <laughs> the uh, especially in the first two quarters, defense was largely optional. Um, I, I was not, I was catching up on the game because um, I had to go pick up dinner. So I was watching on DVR. So I was not really following NBA Twitter. I assume there were lots of jokes about social distancing and how, you know, you didn't have to worry about COVID being spread uh, when the defense was as lax as it was. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can't do much better in, than Giannis did tonight. He <laughs> takes 16 shots, makes 16 shots. It's th- three threes, albeit two of them banked. So that, um, you know, that kind of luck, hopefully maybe some of that carries over to the, to the regular season, given how he shot it in the regular season. But, uh yeah, I mean, we know the all-star setting is one that Giannis has uh, repeatedly shined in. And, you know, his his physicality and athleticism tend to translate pretty well to, to an event that involves a lot of running and dunking. And uh, deservedly taking home the MVP tonight uh, after he was, you know, nearly has won it a couple times previously. And tonight his team runs away with it as as I think uh, he expected and and many expected of team LeBron. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty light, uh, event, I would say. And there was some great half, half court shooting from (laughs) like literally half court shooting from Dame Lillard and Steph Curry, which was fun. And, uh, yeah, kind of scored a crap load of points and his team won and he won MVP. And, uh, we saw some cute Liam Adetokounmpo shots. So yeah, for Sunday, nobody got hurt. I'd say that's a that's a you know check the box. All Star Weekend is over. We can debate whether it should have happened, but um, pretty fun by Buck standards. And uh, now it's uh, moving on and uh, getting back on with the regular season later this week. So a couple of stats that stand out, and for those Giannis stat lovers, will be pretty pumped up about this. You mentioned the sixteen for sixteen field uh, from the field. So it's the first time a player in an All Star game has had more than ten shots and been a hundred percent from the field, and no doubt. That last three-pointer that he banked in, even the commentators were kind of like, don't shoot it, you're on record pace here. And, and I must admit, heart was in my mouth a little bit. I'm like, this has got to go in. I didn't think it was going to. And it banked in, which was, which was pretty funny overall. And he made a joke about it post-game and said that the bank was open and he needs to uh, find a way to, for that to happen when he comes back to Milwaukee. But overall, it was fun. And also, a stat that I stumbled across as I was doing some reading through the game, coming into this one, Giannis was actually the all-time 
leading points per game uh, average guy in NBA All-Star game history for players that have scored a minimum of 60 points. And he certainly is still in the lead with that stat and averaging 28.3 points over his five All-Star games. So, yeah, I mean, this is a game that I think if you are a, a betting person, I mean, he is the guy that, that you would probably want to be predicting that he's going to win another couple of these. And he uh, said that last year, actually, with the Kobe tribute, was the year that he really, really wanted to win it. This year, he just kind of wanted to have fun. But there's no doubt. I mean, when he was out there, he was actually looking to score. And it was very obvious that he wanted the ball and he wanted to dunk everything. And to me, he was probably going for the award more than he really wanted to share at the end. It was funny. He only played six minutes in the first quarter. And I know you said you weren't on Twitter, Frank, but there were some angry Bucks fans that he had an extended period on the bench And uh, look, I was going to make some sort of joke about Quinn Snyder and Bud and uh, restricting Giannis minutes. He only played 19 for those 35 points on this one. But overall, like you sort of pointed to, I think the no injuries is is clearly uh, the biggest takeaway from this. And anytime you have a a player in the All-Star game, that's really all you are hoping for. And I think across the board, everyone got through uh, healthy, which was the main thing because uh, there was a little bit of a hiccup pregame, which we all discussed whether the All-Star game should go ahead. And the two Philadelphia players, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, weren't able to be there. But now let's get Giannis out of Atlanta. Let's get him back to Milwaukee. He can hang with the family and we'll see him in a couple of days. Yeah, I I think, uh, you know, Mike Conley was a late addition for Devin Booker injury replacement. Um, and we did hear earlier in the day that that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons were going to be held out due to contact tracing because their their barber apparently tested positive of all people. Um, and thankfully, you know they didn't uh, they didn't have interactions with with any players. Uh, obviously, and they weren't at the game tonight, so it's not like there was a risk of, of them transmitting anything. And you know, odds are they they'll probably be fine. It'll be interesting to see if contract tracing. I think they play again Thursday when the league comes back, yeah, you know, exactly. are they going to miss, are they going to miss any regular season action because of this? And to be clear, I, I feel like people were sort of conflating them uh, being held out with like, like as though that's because like somehow that was right. because of the all-star game. And I mean, okay. If they only got a haircut because of the all-star game, uh, I guess technically you, <laughs> you could make that case, but I mean, they got haircuts in Philadelphia. It's not like, coming to Atlanta is, is where this happened. So, you know, like, look, I mean, the, the, to me, the, I, I get it. You know, there were a lot of questions about why are we even having an all-star game um, in a year like this? But uh, by the same token, I'm also kind of the opinion, like, look, the only reason this league exists is to make money. <laughs> you know, like when people were like, why are they doing the bubbles? Like, only doing this for the money it's like yes it's it's an it's a basketball league that that's the only reason this exists now they may do other things you know in in uh, like tonight they raised a whole bunch of money for charity that's great but fundamentally the reason this league exists is to make players money it's to make owners money it's to employ people etc and so um you know again is risking you know potentially disrupting the regular season worth it for an all-star game we can debate that i think there's an argument against it but if the league and its broadcast partners can make a ton of money and like what people were talking about, like $30 million or something, the all-star game is worth some, something like that. Um, then yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised that they would, they would do this. Right. It's not, it's not like, like, you know, like the pro bowl, which is sort of this like, you know, vestigial event <laughs> for the NFL after the season or something like that. So 
I, I get why they wanted to have it. Um, and it was interesting, you know, LeBron was, was, did not play much tonight. He missed a dunk. He looked like he kind of was like, all right, I'll just, you know, go, go hang out on the bench for, for a big portion of the game. I think he only had four points. So he sort of famously was not into the idea of the all-star game and, you know, his, his playing time sort of reflected that, but I thought for the most part, I mean, certainly Giannis had a ton of fun out there, especially with Nikola Jokic, the two of them were yucking it up for, for much of the night. And it seemed like generally players had fun. So a lot of the kind of, you know, understandable negative vibes uh, and questions about whether the game should have been playing, should have been taking place. You know, ultimately the guys showed up. Uh, it was a fun outing, if not obviously a, a great workout. Um, and, um, you know, now you obviously just cross your fingers that, uh, everybody gets home safely and you know the flip side um i'm i'm curious I, I don't know a whole lot about where all the players who weren't in atlanta went um yeah, <laughs> i'm not sure exactly what sort of protocol there is if you're on a vacation somewhere as a player who wasn't in the all-star game um that's sort of the irony is that <laughs> it may be safer for these guys to be uh, under the NBA's watchful eye than to be off doing whatever on vacation. Um, but I, I'm very curious to see what happens as players return from whatever they've been doing uh, during this break. Because certainly the leagues, you know, will try to make sure that players don't do anything that endangers things while they're away. But um, you know, ultimately, these are adult human beings as well. So uh, I am curious about that uh, once uh, once players start returning, kind of midweek, getting ready for games. But um, yeah, in the meantime, you know, as, as you said, it uh, doesn't seem like anybody got hurt. And hopefully there's obviously, uh, you hope there's no sort of COVID related um, impact from today's game. So uh, yeah, you know, again, doesn't merit uh, a lot more worth than, than, than that. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's part of the business of the NBA and um, it was entertaining, I thought. So um, I'm I, I, I'm, I'm okay with the all-star game happening, even if I think there's was also some very good reasons to, to skip it. All right, time for a note now from our friends over at betonline.ag, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And I did mention on Friday's podcast, if you're interested in the all-star game MVP, Giannis, no bias involved here, would have been a nice one to look at. He did take that out, the first all-star game MVP of his career. But... There's still a lot more that you can get involved with over at betonline.ag because while football is over, the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Uh, as I've mentioned before, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. So there's really anything you want you're going to be able to find over at betonline.ag. It's got you covered for all the news scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the code locked on for that, by the way, I should say. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Milwaukee Bucks, but what about the rest of sports now? The Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well. We locked on today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, also of Locked On Packers, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On today wherever you get your podcasts.
Well, I think this was always going to be the argument because I could have sat there and said, well, do we really need to do this? This doesn't make a lot of sense. But I still sat on the couch and watched every single minute of it. And that was always going to be the case. And now we're doing a podcast about it. So, I mean, that, that's <laughs> that's the argument. And I, I know just from Twitter that everyone else was watching it as well. Or well, certainly a lot of people, Letterboxd fans, would have been tuning into this one. And Giannis winning the MVP was a lot of fun. But for sure, you bring up the really the main point here. If the NBA was just going to try and roll through this compressed season, this compressed schedule without an all-star break, then I think that would have been asking a little bit too much. So even if they didn't have the all-star break, they were going to have to have a little bit of a a break in the middle of the season anyway. And then there's still the threat of COVID for those guys that aren't at the all-star game. So we will see uh, what comes out of that. You mentioned Jokic, just a couple final points here from the the post-game media. You mentioned Jokic. They were definitely having a lot of fun. And I did ask Giannis, I said, you know, you two guys seem to be getting along pretty well. I was thinking of uh, perhaps a comedy duo in the future. And he said that he told uh, Nico, he said, uh, I mentioned to him that we need a TV show. He said, you can call it Nico and Giannis or Giannis and Nico. That guy, he's fun. I enjoy being around him. To which there has been some Twitter conversation that I am uh, facilitating some sort of tampering. And I just want to say that as long as there's no way that I can possibly get fined, um, then I'm totally okay with that. But those two guys, there's an international connection there. They clearly get along well. And it was certainly fun to see Jokic celebrating Giannis when he hit that step back three. And at the end, Giannis actually gave Jokic the trophy and he was lifting it up. Like he just won the MVP. So Jokic, I think we all know, has has always been a super likable guy in terms of uh, his sense of humor and the way he enjoys the game. So I wasn't surprised to see those two having so much fun. But Giannis was right, as you said, Frank. He said this, this one was over, and it was. I mean, sometimes we see these all-star games go back and forth a little bit as the effort levels fluctuate, but uh, this was not the case here. They won uh, every single quarter and then rushed through. I think last year's fourth quarter went for about 45, 46 minutes. Uh, this one was over in about 10, so a little bit of a different experience to last year. But, yep, the all-star weekend was fun. I think I really, I mean, we said that we think this is going to be a short podcast. I think that's good for everyone. The news of the day, I do want to ask you about here. And uh, as the week rolls on, we'll turn our attention back to the Bucks in the second half of the season. But Blake Griffin signed with the Nets. It's interesting because we know he's become a little bit of a rival to Giannis as he's really been hobbled and slowed down. And I said, just as a basketball fan, the last time we saw him play the Bucks in Detroit, it was actually sad to see how little he could move how much honest pain he looked like he was in. I still think that for Brooklyn, whatever, it makes sense. I don't know how much impact he is going to be able to have that is largely going to come down to what he's physically able to do. But I also do think that there's going to be a bit of a uh, motivation boost, let's we say, uh, let's say that. And also the fact that if he is played in the lineup, I think uh, I've mentioned this before, of Kyrie, Harden, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin. I mean, it's, it's a pretty scary offensive Five there. I don't think it helps their stopping Giannis issue that they've had. Uh, well, they had the first time the Bucks played the Nets. But either way, uh, I don't. I don't think that it's it should be terrifying any, anyone. I think the Nets are scary enough as it is. But I also don't think it's a sign, and you just completely brush off like I've seen uh, in some circles today because we don't really know what Blake is actually going to be capable of. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, you know, like past examples, right? Like Nicola Batum, who looked pretty much <laughs> done in Charlotte last year and, you know, has, has been a solid contributor and, you know, a role-playing starter for the Clippers. Um, you know, I, I, maybe not fair to compare him to Boris Diaw because I think Diaw was more of a matter of like being out of shape. 
Uh, he was also was he also with Charlotte before he went back to to the Spurs? It was something Bobcats. about guys guys getting yeah guys getting washed in in uh, in Charlotte and then getting rejuvenated elsewhere. But with Blake, obviously the the concern is is the injuries and um, you know I was looking at his his stats. Um, you know hasn't had a dunk this year. Only had five dunks last year. Clearly the sort of vertical explosion that you know we we think of like early Blake. Certainly that's not there, but it's interesting that his first four years, he was really like nuclear athlete, right? Like he was yeah. up near 200 dunks a year. And then that really changed. He, he changed pretty significantly thereafter. He was, and again, I'm, I'm using dunks as sort of as shorthand for athleticism, which, you know, is maybe I'm oversimplifying a bit, but you know, he wasn't, I don't think he was over a hundred then since, since those first four years in the NBA. And he really evolved his game and became a much more skillful player. And I think his passing, um, his shooting, three-point shooting has become, um, you know, the shooting has become pretty solid. And his passing, I think, has always been somewhat underrated. So that's how he fits, as you were alluding to, right? That's how he can be valuable, even if he's, you know, a fourth or I don't know if he'd ever really be the fifth option per se. But as a guy down the pecking order versus a guy that, you know, is, is getting post-ups and being more of a focal point for the Pistons, where obviously he was... You know, that was not sort of what his his role should be at this point. So, yeah, we'll see what he's what he looks like, right? I think, you know, from the perspective of the Bucks or any other team looking to uh, take down the the Nets, you know, in a playoff series, the fact that you know you're adding another guy who's an offensive player and who has limitations defensively, I think, you know, that's the the positive spin. If if you're you know trying to beat the Nets is how much more offense can you add to this team, right? There's, there's diminishing returns to adding offensive players to this team at this point. Um, so I, I think Blake can, can certainly play offensively. Um, but again, you know, new environment, maybe he'll look physically better as well. Um, defensively, it's interesting because I, I think he was always, um, and, and this year, obviously, he just, he just can't move well enough. But I think in previous years, you know, he's had some like obviously moments where he's got like dunked on by Giannis, but but he's pretty. I mean, he's been pretty chippy, right? He's had some mm-hmm. some battles with Giannis where he's gotten under his skin a little bit and been kind of um, had some kind of cheap moments <laughs> defensively against Giannis. Um, so you know, if it's a matter of being you know standing up to Giannis in the post, I mean, you know, Blake's not going to just get back down most most of the time, right? Um, you know, he's strong. Um, if not very mobile. So we'll, we'll see. Um, I, you know, I don't know that he's going to be a complete pushover, but obviously in space, he's just going to have problems with a guy like Giannis. So, uh, so we'll see. And I think the other thing too is, I mean, as much as people talk about Brooklyn's lack of depth, um, you know, DeAndre Jordan did a pretty nice job, I thought, against Giannis when he was just sort of sagging off him and waiting for him in the paint in that first game that we saw them in, in Brooklyn. And, you know, Jeff Green's seen minutes at the five. You know, he's still shooting over 40% from three this year. We saw him hit a bunch of them against the Bucs. Um, he's a pretty versatile defensively, at least. So, I, you know, if Blake's stealing minutes from those guys, I don't feel bad about that. I don't you know that that would be fine with me. I guess the question is, you know, is he taking money from it or taking money, taking, taking minutes from anybody else is, is maybe the more, the more interesting question. And at a minimum though, you know, he's, he provides some additional depth and a guy that obviously knows how to play and, has a lot of playoff experience. So, uh, so I think, I think that's right. Ken. I think it's, let's, let's kind of see how it plays out. I don't think you can say it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, but 
you know, maybe it won't, right. Maybe it won't. Um, maybe he can play a role or, you know, maybe he's a guy that, um, he plays in the playoffs and, you know, he has just some series where he can't shoot and, you know, doesn't, doesn't really help them. So, uh, as we always say, the playoffs are just, you know, a series of small sample sizes. And, um, certainly with Blake, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see, but, um, he's, he's definitely one player that I think we're, we're going to be interested to see how he fits in there. Well, Frank, we've been telling everyone about Built Bar, which is, of course, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolates on all the bars. Now it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best because it's March, which means it's Built Bar Madness. Uh, today's matchup uh, you will find is the... Uh, we have two matchups today. The Apple Almond Crisp and Churro Puff is one matchup. And then the next one is the peanut butter brownie versus raspberry. So you can find that online at builtbar.com and you're going to be able to uh, vote on those. You know, personally, for me, I'm probably going to Apple Almond Crisp. You've heard me mention that as one of my favorites and I'd probably go the peanut butter brownie as well. So there's my two cents for anyone that actually wanted that. But you can go to builtbar.com or to at built underscore bar on Twitter and you can vote on those polls there. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs. How much do you really know about these potential NBA stars of tomorrow? If you want to know more, you need to subscribe to the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Prospect scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Nick Claxton is probably the other one there, Frank, who... You know, 6'11", he's a shot blocker. He started to actually play a few games just prior to the All-Star break. He was getting uh, getting the Nets 10 points and a block and a half in 15 minutes per game and, and kind of trying to take over that Jared Allen role because I don't think any of us were upset to see Jared Allen on the way out from the Nets. So it'll be interesting to see now whether he slips back out of the rotation because I think Brooklyn fans would probably be pretty uh, pretty disappointed about that uh, given the impact he has had as a versatile defender and a rim protector that they haven't really got. So we'll see. Claxton is, is an interesting player uh, to watch moving forward. And I think I'm just happy that this probably means that Ersan's not going to go there because I always want the best for Ersan, but I did not want to see him go to Brooklyn and win a title. That would have been... Uh, tough to watch. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Even though we've we've you know we've joked about the fact that it feels uh, somewhat inevitable that he might end up on the Bucks towards the end of the season. Anyway, uh, final one to completely wrap this up. You mentioned this. You tweeted me over the weekend. Uh, our Aussie friend Lee Ellis. He does the very special plays for anyone that listens to No Dunks. Well, he did do very sexy plays over the weekend, which of course was then able to uh, feature. The finishing play against the Clippers with the crisp ball movement finishing with the Giannis dunk. So, uh, shout out to Lee for slipping in that play that you actually called earlier in the uh, earlier in the week. I don't think he listens to this podcast, but if he does, I think <laughs> get some credit for that. Well, first off, it's not a very special play, Kane. You know, it's solid. very solid, solid. play. Sorry. Yes, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, yes, and I, I think we both hopefully he doesn't the, listen uh, to this. Let me just say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully uh, uh hopefully people saw we, we tweeted we retweeted it out um his uh 
the link to his him and, and Jay Skeets uh, doing the, the couple minute um, breakdown of the top five sexiest plays of the week. Uh, but but yes, Lee, the whole bit, if people are not familiar, is that Lee loves solid play, you know, old Spursy basketball, great passing. And he, he prefers a layup rather than a dunk. You know, the very solid play tends to be a layup, uh, something more fundamentally sound. And so, yeah, as we were saying on Sunday after that game, I, I made the comment. I thought it was it was too too spectacular a finish. In this case, too sexy a finish uh, to be a very solid play. But uh, uh, they they put together the uh, the very sexy plays of the week, and uh, it was enjoyable. I thought the sound production was excellent, and they had some great commentary. Um, so uh, so yeah, that's our little little recommendation. Check out the very sexy plays of the week, but both of us have somewhere in our, in our Twitter timelines from the last few days. So anyway, we've got a few days here, so I don't know, I don't know what we're going to spend our time on. I, I guess the, the trade deadline is coming up. Are we, are we going to have to maybe, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit this week, but, um, but yeah, the players get at least a few days off here to uh, recharge their batteries. Hopefully Drew Holiday is getting fitter coming back from COVID. Hopefully Chris Middleton. Um, people were asking, you know, when Simmons and Embiid, uh, were ruled out earlier today like oh it's Chris you know could they call up you know Chris or other guys and it's like you know these dudes are on vacation <laughs> like, I don't know where Chris Milton is but you know the odds of him jumping on a plane to go fly to Atlanta were probably uh, not not very high and um you know at this point good good for those guys get a little bit of break uh recharge your batteries and um get ready for the second half of the season I think I think they got the Knicks on Thursday night so um so so yeah I've got a few days here to, uh, to, to take a break and reflect. And I guess we'll have to do that too here on the pod. Yeah. I'm just pulling it up now. Cause I did ask you before we started, I, I didn't actually know, but you're right. 7 PM Thursday night, the Bucks are back at Fiserv forum to play the Knicks. And that's a bit of a revenge game. They owe them one from earlier in the season where the Bucks was something like 18% from three or something ridiculous like that. Although the Knicks have been better than we probably anticipated uh, they were going to be at that uh, point there as well. So, yeah, we, we will have to do something in terms of looking at the roster. I know you tried to pour as much cold water on that podcast as possible last week when I mentioned it, but we'll do it. We will entertain uh, the options there. I know for those that follow Bobby Marks on Twitter, he's been putting some stuff out there. There was some, I guess there was some interest in from Bucks fans with Blake Griffin, and that was basically not something that was going to be able to happen for quite a while um, based on what the Bucks can do and the lack of flexibility they have. But we'll get to that. But Frank, uh, on a Sunday night after the All-Star game, uh, this is very solid commitment uh, from you to come on the pod. So I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, hope, I, I will not, I, you know, I, I will show, Giannis does not need to go perfect from the field for me to show up <laughs> for a podcast. But, you know, when he does, I suppose it's only fair that I, that I come in to, uh, to mark the occasion. So, um, hey, if he wants to do it during the regular season, that'd be just fine. I'll, I'll take a perfect free throw shooting night. Uh, you know, I'll lower my standards a little bit, but, um, yeah, it was nice to, nice to have a little bit of basketball here over the weekend to tide us over because a whole week without basketball feels like a long time at this point. Yeah. 16 for 16 from the free throw line would be nice, but as far as the podcast goes tomorrow, uh, should be a pretty fun one. Peter Bukowski, you will, a lot of our listeners will be pretty familiar with. He hosts Locked On Packers. He's going to come on. Uh, so we'll, listen, it's the all-star break. We're going to have a bit of fun. We'll talk about the Bucks. obviously. We'll talk about the Packers a little bit, probably. I might even throw a take out there or two. Who knows? But it's going to be fun. So make sure you check that out. And then, uh, as we mentioned, we'll be back uh, gearing up for the second half of the season a little bit later. So enjoy a couple of days without basketball because it's going to be 
pretty hectic once it all tips off again on Thursday night. So stay safe out there and we will speak to you guys tomorrow.